Our text for this morning's chapel comes from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. And the word of the Lord came to the prophet Elijah. Rise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she was going to bring it. And, and he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. What we have in our Old Testament reading this morning is a seemingly gargantuan issue. This issue was a national issue. There was a drought in the land, which was actually prophesied by Elijah to King Ahab a few verses earlier in the chapter. This national issue took effect on the people's lives because there was no water to drink or to help grow crops. One's per, one person's life was particularly affected was this poor widow who lived in the small coastal town of Zarephath. She had just enough provisions so that she would be able to make one last meal for her son before they saw their demise. There was no rain for a long time, and as you know, this would be difficult to grow food. There would be barely anything to purchase, and what was purchasable was probably in high demand. So how could a poor widow possibly survive in these trying times? She saw the issue at hand and embraced what would seem to be her and her child's demise. This issue was huge, and it only grew bigger in her eyes when Elijah asked if he could be fed as well. So even back about 3,000 years or more ago, issues of magnitude existed. In fact, one may say they happen more often than they do now. All these giant-sized issues from the fall into sin until now stem from the one behemoth-sized issue, sin. This widow's plight came, into, came from sin entering the world, and so do our plights as well. This giant issue of sin is the reason for all of our great distresses, personal or larger scale. Sin is the reason why all these giant issues crop up. The mistakes of others and mess-ups of ourselves are to blame for our problems growing so large, and after they grow large enough... It can be rather easy to speak along the same lines of the widow and say, I'll do what I can, but that's all I can do. These mistakes and mess-ups also affect our spiritual plight, or plight with God, as well as our physical and mental problems on earth. You see, because of our transgressions, sins, mistakes, whatever you refer to them as, all of these are the reason why we have the giant-sized problem with God. In this issue, it's even worse than the widow of Zarephath. At least she could have one more meal and moment with her son before she died. With the issue involving our sin, we had nothing, and all we could say was, I have nothing, 
and I will surely die for what I've done. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. So Elijah says to the widow, do not fear. Is this guy serious right now? The land is undergoing a serious drought, and I just told him that I had no food. This could have been the widow's thought, but Elijah carries weight behind his comforting, do not fear. He is a prophet simply relaying the promise of mercy, which comes from the all-loving Lord. The Lord promised to replenish the widow's ingredients until rain was sent upon the land, and this certainly did happen according to the word of the Lord. The Lord promised mercy to this widow, and her childlike faith simply held on to this promise, which the Lord gave. He promised mercy towards her lot of poverty. All throughout the Bible, in several places, the Lord promises mercy to individuals' strife. And they could be sure of it because they had the word of the Lord. Just a little earlier in the time of Elijah's ministry, the Lord promised to Elijah that he would be fed properly. And the Lord did so through the use of ravens and the brook. Elijah certainly saw that mercy, that mercy and was told to share the same merciful promise with the widow. Elijah had that merciful promise of, of earthly provision, but that doesn't even come to the whole scope of the Lord's mercy. Elijah would later see a fuller version of God's mercy when the fiery chariots of heaven would come down to take him home. All this mercy and love showed toward Elijah, you, me, and the widow, and others, culminated in the one most merciful and saving act of all, which came on the cross of Calvary, with Christ taking away our sins. This act of mercy, of Jesus acting as our substitute on the cross and taking, himself upon, taking upon himself the wrath of God, is the greatest thing to ever happen to us. So take a look back to our former state. We have nothing, and we should surely die. But Jesus gave us everything and died for us. This drought and plague of sin, which invokes the wrath of God, uh, had us pleading for mercy. Thankfully, the Lord has shown us mercy according to his word, which reads, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love which, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. This mercy is truly wonderful, and it endures forever. When you say the common table prayer with your families, you acknowledge that the Lord is good and that his mercy is eternal. So next time you say this common table prayer, think of the phrase, For his mercy endures forever. The Lord is merciful and has shown it by Jesus' death in our place. He has taken upon himself our sins and disobediences against God. And now we won't die, but we will be carried through our lives up to our eternal home in heaven. This mercy endures forever. He will not leave us nor forsake us. His love will not dry up or run out. Amen. We'll close with hymn 18, verses 1, 2, and 6.